I'm Gabby's Jules. Gray skies over West London, but blue skies over North London. We're uh, Arsenal are top yeah. of the table. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about that incredibly boring Liverpool United <laughs> game. We'll be talking about Bayern bouncing back. Leverkusen still going. Real Madrid yeah. winning big. Um, but Jules... The sh- taping of the show happens to coincide with the Champions League draw. I love it. So, f- hot off the press. Yes. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the names, and then we can talk about what we want to talk about, right? Yeah. It's Porto against Arsenal. It's Napoli against Barcelona. Paris Saint-Germain against Real Sociedad. Inter against Atletico Madrid. PSV Eindhoven against Borussia Dortmund. Lazio against Bayern München. Copenhagen against Manchester City. Ugh. Leipzig against Real Madrid. What stands out? I think the Napoli-Barcelona tie gap, of course, is uh, of the, the the pot where the teams finished second. So you had the PSG, Napoli and Inter, really, they were the three big biggest clubs there. It was pretty obvious that at some point one of them will face uh, at least one, a top, top club. And it happened to be... And instead Napoli. they got Barcelona. No, but Napoli against Barcelona, which I think is a very even, by the way, tie. I'm not oh, saying that Barca are massively favourite. Yeah. I'm just saying that the rest of Inter play Atletico Madrid that's big but maybe not as big as Napoli Barca who are the last two winners of Serie A and I think if you're Inter you're not displeased with this draw no, at some point you got to face it's also the Diego Simeone's derby so you know well Diego Simeone coming home Paris Saint-Germain against Russell are they dancing in the streets around the Parc de Prince? So let's keep this morning. Are they Fanny thanking Nina Uncle Nasser? Said the best draw would be Real Sociedad. I don't because think they so. haven't watched the group stage. They don't know yeah, how good I mean, they don't Real Sociedad have been. In I the- just don't think it's a good draw at all. I, the way that La Real press, the way they play, the intensity they have, it's just not. I don't think it's very good for PSG because of the way we play. So I'm not happy with the draw. I would have much rather Atletico Madrid even or even Barcelona to be fair than La Real Sociedad. So it's not pleasing for me. All right, let's talk to Holders, Manchester City. They get Copenhagen on paper. I think the, the easiest, weakest team, uh, maybe along with Lazio. Uh, yeah, they're the easiest one. But I'll tell you what, Copenhagen, the adventure continues, yeah? Uh, it's great. It's like a cup, you know, the Minos against the best team in the world. It would be fantastic, a park and the atmosphere. You know what, United went there. And it didn't work out for them. Yeah, so City let's see United. Lazio against Bayern also feels a little bit one-sided to me, yeah, given completely. how... Because I thought Lazio were really not good in the group stage. I think Mario Society's yeah. got a ton of things to, to Do figure out. Do you think Miroslav Klose is going to appear at some point and just like... Uh, <laughs> how you know, awesome. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure that Saturday will be in charge by the time that, that they, well. they face Bayern, to be honest. Um, Porto against Arsenal. Interesting again. one. Because the Porto, the 4-4-2, Sergio Concesao, again, the intensity, Galeno, Mediterranean, they've got a lot of good players. Arsenal have to be favourite, especially with the second leg at home, and it's not a bad draw for Arsenal. But it's just not a straightforward game either. It never is, I think, against Porto. I think both these teams are embroiled in a, in a pretty tight uh, title race yeah. in, in, in their respective leagues. We'll see where they are when, when, when they play each other in February. Uh, Leipzig against Real Madrid. Some might say one evil empire against another. I would never say that, of course, because Carletto Ancelotti, with his injuries, Leipzig, I don't think, are a good match. We have to see, can they bring somebody in in January to, yeah. to help out a defense after the Alaba injury? But Real Madrid have to be favorite. And if you think, if you're Leipzig and you've got City already in your group, which you knew that you are going to finish second, then to draw Real Madrid in the next round is just... One of those years, you know. It's, it's almost like it's as if God is punishing <laughs> oh, you, don't say given that. who you are, right, don't and what that. you stand for. Don't no, no, that. I'm sorry. 
I see the world in biblical terms, That's and I so think these bad. people, these things have consequences. What about the Peter Bosch derby when PSV meets his former club where things really didn't go well for him at all at Dortmund? We're going to get into this more, but... Uh, you love your Peter Bosch now. You've changed. You've I, changed. When facts change, opinions <laughs> change. I've made fun of Peter Bosch for so long, but they're having an incredible season. And Dortmund, I don't know what I'm going to get. Even within the, they won their Champions League group. They won the toughest Champions League group. But they were so up and down. They were terrible one game, good the other game, That's lucky true. in the other game, unlucky in the other I game. I mean, obviously, a lot of things can change between now and when those games are played in February and early March, right? Santi Jimenez might not be at PSV. Jason Sancho might be back at Dortmund. And the same for a lot of those clubs who might have new signings, players leaving, all that kind of stuff. Managers, as you said, we started not being there too. So now it's the draw as we see now in the current form of those clubs now. But in two months' time, it might be different. Yeah, and you know, when I think about this, I see four evenly matched games. Stampoli, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Sociedad, Inter, Atleti, and actually PSV Eindhoven, Dortmund. I think those are all very, very close. The other, on paper, yeah. more one-sided. But I'll tell you what, and you know, if you've been listening to us, this is why we don't spend that much time on these draws, because as you just said, everything can change. Exactly. There's another two months to go until the rubber actually hits the road. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm psyched. I'm already I like excited. The Champions this is going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good one, and we'll see who can knock Manchester City off their perch. All right, Jules, people love predictions so they can go back and tell us how dumb we are. Tell, well, tell um, me why, why Why don't you like to talk about so the drawers today? Right. People are getting excited. People are going to book their flights, mm-hmm. their tickets, mm-hmm. their hotels. They're going to get excited. Mm-hmm. They're going to start watching. If you're an Arsenal fan, you're going to start watching Porto. Every week. If you're, you know, maybe not yeah. every week, but they're going to start getting interest right. in that other team they're going to play in, we say, mid-February, and february beginning of March, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're like, uh, what's that? Uh, Don't say Scrooge. the Grinch. Scrooge, no. not the Grinch, the Scrooge, where you're like robbing people's joy from the draw of getting excited to play Arsenal, Napoli. I am not. It's PSG. fine to be excited. I am excited to watch Napoli against Barcelona. I'm, I'm actually a little bit excited to watch Leipzig against Real Madrid. I'm not particularly excited to watch Porto <laughs> against Arsenal. But I'll tell you I'm what, not. I will get excited... Because it's I too know far away from you. That's exactly, I mean. it's too far away. No, okay, it's I too know far that, away. But we could, I don't like, blame them for having the draw now, but there's so much that can happen, right? I know it's part of our job to go and predict this. And look, well, let's play the prediction. Let's play the percentage game. Right? Okay. And look, I think it would have been different, to be honest. We would have had more compelling storylines if there had been more upsets in the group stage. But yeah. every group winner, except for Paris Saint-Germain, you know, everybody who's won the, who's supposed to win the group ultimately won the group, yeah. except for Paris Saint Germain and you could and Inter, right? I think everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Inter and PSG are the two ones that you expect to face. Exactly. So we didn't have this like, oh, no, nobody true, wants to face so and so. True. But let's go through. Oh, and then Paris Saint Germain got lucky, of course, or lucky. I don't think it's a lucky draw at all. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I know the headlines already. I know what people are saying in France. Okay. I'm dreading this Real Sociedad okay. team. The, the, the point is, they're playing the team that are number six in La Liga right now. So people yeah. are looking at this and saying... Who this also topped their group with the last season's finalists? Porto against Arsenal. Let's do percentages here. Okay. I'll start. I think this is 80% Arsenal. I'll go 70-30. Because right. I think... I just think... Oh, wait. David Raya might be playing. Yeah, no. I'll join you. 70-30. Seven, simply because I just don't think it's easy to move this big block 
they're dangerous on, on the break going forward. I, I really believe that Galeno is a wonderful player and they're strong and they're solid and they're okay. David Carmo and Pep is maybe not the most mobile or... Defensive partnerships. But, but I think they still have something and let's not forget it's a Sergio Concesao team with the intensity that comes with that, mid, that medium block. They're going to make life difficult for you. And yeah, we've seen in the past that when they come to Liverpool especially, they get absolutely... Spanked. I think you're not playing Liverpool, though. but yeah, yeah, but but yeah. I, okay, you got me a little bit on this because I'm thinking set pieces, and you have yeah. Pep and the 100%. other center back and Taremi, and they all come up. Yeah. Davi Raya and comes Evan out to Nilsen. clean it. And Evan Nilsson. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. I think hey. Arsenal have to be favourite, and you're right. 70, yeah. 30, no, no. That, that's 60, about right. 40. Yeah. But, but yeah. remember when Arteta said easy. that you know he's going to pick goalkeepers based on the situation the same way he picks midfielders based on the situation. I wonder. Well, I don't know if he was just pretending when he said that. We see, we see. But this might be a Ramsdale game. We see. Just based on that. Yeah. Napoli against Barca, you can go first. 50-50 for me. There's no doubt. I'm not really sure what Mazzari is going to do now in the next few weeks until this game is played. We know that there probably won't be any signing on either side. So, same squad. Xavi under pressure. Far more than Mazzari, who's on a, like... Well, if he doesn't do well, he's not going to be there next season anyway. We know that. So I think the pressure is probably more on Xavi and Barcelona, but they've got the second leg at Montjuic. I'm not actually sure yeah, that's yeah, an that's advantage. Not, that's not an advantage. <laughs> so for oh. me, 50-50. All right, I'm going to go 55 Barcelona, 45 Napoli, because what's, I think it's going to be... What's the 5-4? Compared to my 50-50. I'm taking points off for Mazzari. Um, Give the guy a chance. Although I've, I have, I've seen him before. Although to be fair, his European record was pretty good, and he can make yeah, life tough for you. But also, against Jules Kounde, I'm sorry, but every day I'm like, oh oh. I think Barcelona are going to be better uh, come February. Paris Saint Germain against Real Sociedad. I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 60-40 to Paris Saint-Germain. And if you say 50-50 yeah. just because it's, you know... No, 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 no. I might, f- I might go like you. I might go like you. I still think PSG are favourite, of course. But, and, re- and recent Ricky said something really interesting after the Dortmund game the other day when he said, I know it will be better in February. And I think by that he means that they didn't really have much time to prepare now because they have played every three days like all the big clubs. So for all the things that maybe you want to transmit to that squad, it just needs a bit maybe more time on the, on the training pitch. And by then they would have it because when the league restarts beginning of January, or when the season restarts beginning of January after the winter break in France, they will have only one game a week until this last 16 first leg. So he will have more time there. You would expect like someone like Zaire Emery gets better. I think they would try to sign someone in January too. So, so that, yeah, I expect PSG to be better. But I think La Real is a really, really good team. That's a really good point. And it is, you know, some managers giving them time to, I always bang on about giving managers time to work. Some of them don't need time to work. Others do need time to work if you want to get the full value add. And Luis Enrique is, yep. so I think that is a good point. Inter against Atletico de Madrid. Um, I like this matchup, uh, but I'll let you go first, actually. I think this is a really good one. Really, really good one for many reasons. The first one is, you don't really know still what Atletico side you're going to see. The one at Bilbao, the one at Valencia, who got battered twice. Even the one against Barcelona. Or the one against Real Madrid. The one that we've seen playing so well with Griezmann, Morata on fire. Uh, with a more proactive style of football, all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. 
What I know though is I know exactly what kind of Inter team I'm going to see because this time there will be no rotation from Inzaghi. He's not going to make this. This was for the group stage to change eight players from the league to the Champions League, six players there, benching Lautaro, benching Thuram. That's not going to happen there. So it will be Inter with their strongest eleven at their best, and we've seen in Serie A this season when they are their best, when they have their strongest team, how good they are. So I think. Inter have to be favourite for me, even with the second leg in Spain. I go 55-45 Inter. Okay. I'll go even further now. I'll go 60-40 Inter because okay. I, I'm drinking the Inzaghi Kool-Aid. I think actually his rotations and his substitutions, it's so designed to to make Inter better, to give him a better chance. And I want to see Davide Fratesi in this game. Maybe not to start, but I want to see him go and help decide the tie. Uh, I'd also like to see Inter pick up another striker in January. I, I, this Alexis Arnautovic thing, not for me. Yeah. Petri Eindhoven against uh, Borussia Dortmund, the, the Peter Bosch derby. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to say 45-55 because they have such a big lead yeah. in Holland. And they'll have probably an even bigger lead by that point that they can just zero in on this, whereas Dortmund are going to freak out about getting back into the top four. Yeah. Obviously, they're five points from a top four spot right now. Um, I'm not sold on this. I don't think Turchish is... I think Turchish is... Turchish might very, not be there, by the way. He yeah, might not be there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I said, did I say 45-55? Yeah. I might go, I might go 48 PSV Eindhoven, 52 Dortmund. <laughs> I go 50-50. I think this is going to be great because those both, both teams that are... I mean, certainly PSV in the way they want to play, very open and very attacking and all of that. I think Dortmund are like that by default more than their own willingness because I think they're a bit all over the place at time and it's a bit chaotic what they do. But, but it could easily finish 2-2 and 3-3 over the two legs. You know, I think it could be two games like that because they're going to both attack a lot. So yeah, 50, I think 50-50 is fair and it just would be down to something really, really minimal. Lazio and Bayern, Jules. Yeah. Um, there's a parallel universe where Sarri Ball landed in Rome and Luis Alberto is ripping everything up. And, and Chiro Immobile is scoring loads of goals in the Champions League. Yeah, this isn't it. I don't think it's in it, no. And I, I don't know again what Bayern are we going to be. Are we going to see a Bayern team dominant and with a lot of the ball or just hit, hitting them on the counter and leaving Sarri Ball to have the ball? Maybe that would happen at the Olympico. I go 80-20. I think Bayern are just going to be too strong for Lazio anyway. Yeah, the individual matchups I think are bad. Yeah. I mean, Alessio Romagnoli back there against the speed of Sane and, and Coleman. 80-20 uh, is about right. But I will say this. I don't think Lazio can beat Bayern, but Thomas Tuchel can beat Bayern if he has a... Didn't we think about that last season already or the season before when they, they played each other? We, I think this all the time when it comes to Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> um, Copenhagen against... Manchester City, oh. you're making a sad face. I love this story for them. Because in a way, I wanted Copenhagen to play Real Sociedad because I wanted one of the, the, the two surprises, really, and I wanted one of them to still be there in the quarters because I love the story. Hopefully right? Real Sociedad will still be there. And then good for them if they are. But in a way, remember, I don't know if you saw the video, I don't know if I sent it to you, but in the French Cup draw was made last week and this team for the sixth division drew PSG. And they had a camera with them. They were watching in the like, clubhouse, you know, the club. And they exploded. They were so happy to draw PSG when they know they're going to get 
knocked out and they're going to lose like 7 nil or something or right? beat PSG and become immortal they, don't, they won't I'll tell you that now they won't but it was all because they wanted to play against Mbappe and against right. you know all those guys and against the, the best team in France so for Copenhagen you think the Hoyland twins are like oh I get to play against Manuel Akanji no but for Hoyland no, uh, for kidding, Copenhagen for the fans for yeah, all of he, that there is a lot of the day there's out that, you know what I mean there might yeah. be that and yeah they got it because it's very unlikely that they can be City over two legs and they know that already so it's like 90-10 for me for City obviously but maybe they're just happy they're happy because they're going to play against Haaland and they're going to play against De Bruyne and they're going to play against Pep and it's going to be an amazing atmosphere and they might never play against the best team in the world ever again so 10% 10 yeah 90-10 for me yeah I'd say that's about right is it too low for them though because they are a good decent team yeah, yeah, maybe Edison goes walkabout. Maybe we don't get to see the Holland against two Hoylands. I don't know. But, yeah, no, I think 10%. I, this is not like, it, it, Pep has a record for a reason, yeah? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Leipzig, Real Madrid. This is good. This is good because Real Madrid are favorites. So 70-30, I think you can go slightly higher, slightly lower. Higher. You go higher than 70-30? Yeah. I, like, Let's not forget that this Leipzig team was... 2 nil up at City. And yeah, okay, I have time. And then, okay, the second half, they crumble. Okay, I'm just saying. It's a different team, different they style. One, they 1-1 at home against City until the 85th minute or something like that. And then Doku and Alvarez off the bench make a difference and they lose 3-1. I'm just saying that Openda is a wonderful striker and forward. That right now, the I partnership at the back Simons yet. are Rudiger and Nacho, by the way, for Real Madrid right. for this game. Coming. There'll be another dude coming in, yeah. No, yeah, you, you, are, you are convincing me. And Xavi is good. And it's a Marco Rosa team that comes with good things and bad things. But I'm just saying, 70-30 I think is fair. Maybe even 65-35, if you want. Yes, I, 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 you've won me over. You've won me over. I don't think this is this straightforward for Real Madrid. Um... I just think there's going to be more questions. Who knows what condition Vinicius is going to be yeah. in um, come February. Uh, so, yeah, no, no. Much, much closer than that. All right, those are our predictions. Feel free. We gave you percentages. So they, it's did. kind of a hedge of saying, so like, well, then you can go and clip them and, and, and laugh at us. But <laughs> I think the basic point is two months is a really, really long time yeah. in football. All right, enough Champions League draw. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. It wasn't much of a game, so nope. let's get it out of the way first. Manchester United hold Liverpool to a nil-nil draw at Anfield. I assume Ten Hag is happier here? Yeah, I think so, Gab. Certainly, I think Liverpool have 34 shots, only eight on target. The XG is actually decent, to be fair. They had chances, just couldn't take them between Varane and Onana. Yeah, when you have Evans. 34 shots, it's the XG, like, you know, it's going to be at least 0.34, so... You know, but it's, it's still decent, you know, it's still a decent, like, they should have scored, they could have scored, they should have scored maybe one. You knew United were going to come and play defensively, it was the same defensive structure that they had against Bayern Munich in the Champions League when they had to win and they played not to lose, they played not to lose again against Liverpool away from home. I don't like it, I can understand it though, and certainly I was not surprised by what United offered. And to be fair to them, they had the best chance in the game with Hoyland, who should have scored really when he, okay. when he hit the ball at Alisson. I'm bored with United. Let's talk Liverpool though. So help me with this, Jules. Help me understand. I blame when McAllister's not there that they look worse. But equally, I don't think they've played well. They're top of the yeah, table. They haven't. I don't think they're anywhere near their potential. Yeah. Every time I see Darwin Nunez, I'm kind of like, eh. And I think Klopp agrees with me because 
he's pointed out many, many times over the last couple of weeks. And yet, you know, they, well, they were top of the table at one point off the top. Yeah. Is, is there a broader message here that, like, when they start playing well, they'll run away with it? Or is I, it I, I everybody's not good? No, I think that Arsenal also have room for improvement. I think City have room for improvement. I think only Vela really are already... I kind of at the best. I don't think they can play much, much better than what they do. Where the other big three, but it's the same for you know well, Manchester United for sure, even Tottenham, all that kind of stuff. So the the only thing I would say is I'm all for trying to play in midfield at times. I think he's a very gifted genius player, but when you replace him by Joe Gomez, and it happens that towards the end of the game there's some move on the right hand side. Because you don't have trend there because you moved into midfield, you end up with Joe Gomez having a, a good opportunity there, as we saw when Salah played him through. And instead of maybe giving the ball back to Salah in a one-two, he shot satinating. So everything that you gain by putting Trent in midfield, you almost lose out by having Joe Gomez at right back going forward. Makes sense. So they need to find the right balance. And Real Madrid beat Villarreal 4-1. On Sunday night, as Jude Bellingham scores again, Luka Modric turns on the style, and your boy Brahim Diaz scores a lovely, lovely goal, Gabby. They're back at top spot, at least for now. I love Brahim Diaz, the, 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 the symmetry, Brahim Diaz and Rodrigo. I think they have weapons. I feel like Vinicius, who? No, I'm kidding. They'll be better when he's back. But They played well without him. Uh, but still, it, it's, no, it's nice to see that, 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 that coming together. Um, they're right up there. Girona are playing in a few hours. For now, Real Madrid are top of the table. And all they can do is just keep going. Mm. On the flip side, Jules, our thoughts go to David Alaba, who suffered an ACL injury. His season is over. And Carletto pretty much said they have to hit the January transfer market. Yeah, they still know Adam Militao, of course. So you're left with Rudiger, Nacho, Fernand Mendy also got injured, got a groin injury. You can play through many there. He played one game earlier in the season because there was already no more centre-backs left. So, yeah, I think... It's probably wise to go and try to get someone. There's no left back either because Kamavinga's injured Frank as well. Plays. No, I know, but he's a good player. I, but whatever, Kamavinga's still missing, right? Yeah, so, he's going to come back though. It's not as bad as an injury like I this. I do think when Real Madrid look at the season and take stock, right? You've got arguably the best keeper in the world out for the season. Yeah. You've got Real Madrid's best defender out for the season. Now you have Real Madrid's second best defender out for the season. Yeah. You have Real Madrid's best attacking player out for, not the season, but out for two very long stretches. Yeah. You've got Kamavinga who had made the left-back position his own. Now, and you're going to tell me about Ferlamendi again. But, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, okay, fine. But, I mean... It is kind of a smoke and mirror situation. Yeah. Arsenal, meanwhile, at top of the league in England, Gab, they beat Brighton 2 0. Do they look like champions to you? So, this was maybe one of the first. I'm sure Arsenal have played better on other occasions, but I thought this was a really good performance yeah. from what I think was the team that he had in mind at the start of the season, which should be Arsenal's strongest 11. Some might have Tomoyasu, if available, ahead of, uh, um, ahead of Ben White. Some might have Timber ahead of Zinchenko, but whatever. They're not yeah. there. Um, I thought this was really impressive. And I don't think the balance is there yet. With Havertz, it's not perfect, but it's improving. You, are, you will take something away from Udegaard if you play Havertz there. But what I saw in this game against a footballing side like Brighton, who were not good, but they were not good because Arsenal were good, if that makes any sense. Yeah, although Brighton haven't been great this season, and also on Thursday night. Wait, Brighton haven't been great this season. What do you want? I mean, top four? They're, they're in mean, the they're top ninth. eight. They're ninth gap. They're not. They're, they haven't been good this season. 
for Brighton and their budget, but they play football in a certain no, way. No, true, and true, I thought, true. And to be I thought sure. Arsenal out-footballed them. Yeah, and Brighton had scored, I think, in the last 32 league games, scoring, the XG was two in every in every game in those, like, yeah. 32. And it was, like, felt like zero. Yeah, I think they had one yeah. shot they on target. had nothing in the first half for a long time. Manchester City go 2-0 up at home to Crystal Palace. Everything's going great. And then they can see twice, including an injury time penalty. Jules, one win in their last six league matches for Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I mean, I think they played well. To be fair, without Haaland again, uh, they played well for most of that game. But again, late in the game, either fitness-wise, they're just not at the best yet. They don't pick, they take their eyes off the ball. Something happens because his leg goes against Palace to cost you two points. Let go at Chelsea, that cost you two points. Let go where Arsenal, that cost you a point. Let go against Liverpool at, at home, that cost you two points again. So... There's clearly something There's something yeah. wrong. I mean, Why do they keep conceding late, so late like that? So there's nothing wrong overall, like you said. They, they played well. I think Palace's XG, XG before that, that Mateta counterattack was 0.03. They yeah. had two shots on yeah, goal. Nothing, yeah. I think it's simple as obviously finishing on one end and obviously Holland's not there and, and you know there's variance and stuff for that. I'm not concerned about that. I think it's the nature of the PEP system that creates situations for individual defending. Um, and if you lose individual battles, then you're going to concede. And it does put strain on these defenders, and maybe some yeah, of them aren't maybe. as good as they want. I mean, Ruben Diaz. But if you control again for 75 minutes, you could control it for another 15. Well, no, but you can get, you can give up a counterattack at any time. Yeah, right? no, true, true. So as long as you got the guys who are monstering the, the the strikers, you're fine. And Phil Foden. Was die. Yeah. That was a brain fart. Yeah. You know, move on. That was completely. Inter win away at Lazio 2 0 on Sunday night. We stay very much in first place in Serie A. Gab, will you join me in celebrating the Tula? No, I'd rather celebrate the Inzaghi because, nah. oh, come on. Like, I, yes, yes, Lautaro. But, you know, took advantage Lautaro of the mistake. 15 goals already in the league. Yeah, the when Marisic passes the ball into his path, I think that, 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 that does not help. Jerem's been fantastic. Overall, I think it's a, it's a team thing. Jan Bisek now is part is now part of the yeah. the regular rotation at the back. So Inzaghi trusting his kids as well. Very impressive. As for Lazio, real smart leaving out Luis Alberto. There, there's reports of things behind the scenes and whatever else. But you're at home. You know you need to win. Play your best player. Play your best player. They didn't Simple play life. badly though. They didn't play badly. They did. They, they created. But this inter team cannot last you. They yeah, can yeah. be used so many different ways. Nice. Let's talk Bundesliga table toppers. Oh. Xabi Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen do it again. 3-0 against Eintracht Frankfurt. And it could have been more. Yeah. 44 games, 44, 41 wins, 3 draws. Jules, when are they coming back to earth? Are they ever coming back to earth? I don't know, Gabi. I think they've scored 78 goals already or something crazy this season in 25 games. Oh, yeah, just this year, yeah. It's, it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. It's such a pleasure to watch them, the way they play, Verts, Boniface, the two wing-backs, Frimpong scored again yesterday. It was just, it's just amazing. And I think the, the Bundesliga is, is uh, inviting for a team like Leverkusen. I think, I think there are a lot of games where this, it's a bit chaotic, often. And we saw against Bayern, for example, that was maybe the toughest game where they drew and they had chances, but they also, at times find it a bit more difficult. And because they don't play in the Champions League this season, only in the Europa League, only. We, they haven't had... They're always kind of, fresh. No, we were fresh and because they almost have to... But you see, I want them... I want to see more... 
opposition to them that, that would be maybe more aggressive, maybe a bit deeper, maybe a bit with no much space for verse, no much space for Boniface. Every time I watch them, Boniface has so much space. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. So this is the only thing I would say. However, in the league, they are so, so good. I like to think it's Xavi Alonso. Yeah, as well. Of course, that space for of, them. course, of course, of course, of course. Xavi went into the Valencia game with Barcelona saying that Barca needed three points badly and he finished 1-1 guy. That's three in a row now without a win. Yeah, you don't want to write a check that your backside can't cash. Um, that said, yeah. I know if there's people who want Xavi gone, they'll use this as an, as an excuse. I wouldn't because, yes, you got beaten by Girona side that were fantastic. You lost to Antwerp with the B team, yeah. but they played really well, I thought, against Valencia. They, they just couldn't finish. They, they had did. a bunch of chances. Pedri looked better in, a, in, in, in playing in that deeper position. And I thought they were really let down on the Guillemot goal. How do you let a ball bounce twice? He couldn't bounce. We said yeah, at kids' level, you tell them never to let the ball bounce. Yeah, Arau and I think this one's on Araujo because he's got the vision of it. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have done it. And Araujo is, you know, the guy who generally doesn't let you down. Normally, it's Kunde who lets you down at the Man, back. He hasn't so been as good this season. I, I think it's even crazy to talk about changing Xavi, but the reality is, if Atleti win their game in hand, you know, they're down to fourth. That yeah. it's as simple as. More league leaders, Jules, though Paris Saint-Germain looked kind of tame to me away uh, to lead. Yeah, one of those games where, I mean, to be fair, they controlled the first half really well, they took the lead on the penalty, they were not creating too much, but they would have been very happy with the 1-0 win on a yeah, How stupid penalty. was the guy who gave away the penalty? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, so the penalty, I thought <laughs> you were, were going to say about the Asensio pass. Yeah, the penalty is really stupid, with Jaquite on, on Lucas. And then when PSG just were about to see out the game, Marco Asensio just came on, tried this ridiculous pass in his own 30 yards. He recovered the ball in the, in the corner flag and tried that pass. That got intercepted. Jonathan David scored. Make it 1-1. It's not a big deal. PSG are winter champions. They're still five points clear with a much better goal difference. But it's one of those things. You, Asensio is a good player. You, you watch that and you say, like, why did you do this? What went through your head to make such a stupid decision at that time? It's just, it's, it was just absolutely crazy, though. Jonathan David turning the corner, coming off the bench yeah, again. Yeah, he looks a little bit like he that. Looked, still he's celebration. He looked pretty motivated. Yeah, but still not his best. Cole Palmer is ever more the key man for Chelsea, who beat Sheffield United 2-0 as Stamford Bridge to move into the top half of the table on Saturday. You were there. Were you impressed? No, I wasn't. I mean, <laughs> Cole Palmer's very good. Yeah, I thought Ryan Sterling um, yeah. also... Also looked good. Uh, look, they could have scored more. Sheffield United aren't a good side. There's a reason they're near the bottom, but they were buzzing of the fact that they, you know, they changed the manager. They they they, they won that there for the first game. So it was always going to take them time to break it down. But you know, when they break it down, it comes down to an individual situation. Credit to Pochettino for switching Palmer, who was yeah. playing centrally, over to wider area. He found more space. But man, Pochettino's right. There is so much work to do here, but I know. You know, at least they're in the top half of the table, right? Yeah, that's better. Aston Villa are a point off the top of the table after their 2-1 victory away to Brentford. Jules, I can't tell who was angry here. Ollie Watkins, who scored the winner and pointed at some dude in the crowd, <laughs> or Thomas Frank, who didn't like Ben Mee's red card and penalties that weren't given. He looked especially jumped up in yeah, this game. I think it has to be Thomas Frank, right? And especially I, to lose the game like that in the 85th minute... 
the penalties, the red card, the way even the game went. I'm assuming Thomas Frank hasn't, he seems like a reasonable person. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming he hasn't seen the replay. It was on the heat of the moment, you would think, right? After the game, to be uh, so angry. Yeah, but then, you know. He had a lot of things to say. He had a ton of things to say. Yeah. Ollie Watkins, apparently, who, of course, used to play for Brentford, yes. he took issue with a guy behind the goal who was abusing him throughout the game. So I'm assuming this is somebody he knows. He says he was directing personal abuse out of. I don't know, because we saw Bellingham doing it the other day uh, when he scored against okay, Betis, I think. You I know? can't criticize Be- Bellingham for a kiss to someone who was like... Well, that's fine, but it's a bit different. But then, like, the staring him down, again, I don't like doing it. They, no. You know, it wasn't racist yeah, abuse. It wasn't anything like that. Just leave the crowd be. Emi Martinez and Neil Mopé, Gab, did they bring a smile to your face to finish your weekend? You know what? I, I, I yeah, I, if you want to laugh at them and then you get really depressed that these people behave like this. They're um, grown-ups. You know what I mean? They are grown-up people. Uh, you know my thoughts on Emmy Martinez, right? A guy who pretends the World Cup is a dildo. Uh, yeah. He's going to have these situations. I think fundamentally, these people are stupid for acting like that. Because you know what? The next time some big striker goes and hip checks Emmy Martinez and he rolls around on the ground, hey, look, maybe the referee's not going to buy it because you, <laughs> now you've developed this ridiculous, this ridiculous rep, right? Neil Mopé, another one. You know, he's as bad as who's the other? Who's the French striker who played for Watford years ago and I think probably also played for these types of crappy teams that Mopé plays for? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The guy who used to always dive, uh, right? Anthony Knockett. Yes, yes. There you go. What are, are they related? What? No, like are they like brothers so. from different? Just, no, but Neil Mopé, you know, he's half Argentine, right? His mum is Argentine. His dad is French. I, you know so what? He's Emmy Martinez. Like honestly, like I, I don't think football. I don't, I don't want to get all moralistic about it because obviously people will try to get an advantage or whatever. But it's so stupid. It's embarrassing. They just look like the school playground. They look like morons. How old are honestly, they? both it's of them. Just, it's just like terrible. Bayern München bounced back nicely by beating up Stuttgart 3-0 as Harry Kane bags another two goals. Alles gut, yeah, Jules? So, I mean, let's start with Kane. Gab, of course, two more goals, 20-14, incredible. They've never seen anything like that. Not even Gat Müller, Lewandowski, Rummenigge, whoever you want. Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland, anyone, never, ever, ever. I mean, two... Two tap-ins, really, easy, like you and I would have scored, but he's in the right place always. Great for him. If you haven't watched the game, and maybe you just look at the, the stats, and you see that Bayern only had 37% of the ball, mm-hmm. is, this, is this 2024 Bayern? Is this what Tuchel is doing? Is this... Is it turning Tuchel into late Chelsea? <laughs> more team in transition than in possession? Maybe he thinks that he doesn't have... I mean, they didn't have Goretzka and Kimmich, so the midfield of... Pavlovich, Pavlovich. And Guerrero. Yeah, okay. But you know what I mean. Like, maybe that was the reason. And maybe this Stuttgart team, who is a good team, we've said that before. We've seen them being very good in the past, including against Bayer Leverkusen last weekend, where they were outstanding. Maybe this is a team that you invite, give them the ball, and then hit them on the counter. When you've got Kane, Sane in that kind of form, even Muller, to be fair, did run a, little, a fair bit. So. It was just so clinical from Bayern. And this is Bayern so, so at home, by the way. Yeah, at home, uh, yeah, exactly. D- d- 37% of the ball at home. That is, that is a remarkable, yeah. remarkable stat. I'm not sure if the fans would always be happy with that, but hey, at least yesterday it worked. Gab, our thoughts go out to Luton captain Tom Lockyer, who collapsed 65 minutes into their game at Bournemouth at the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, pretty st- stunning. The score was, was, was 1-1. Both sets of fans immediately realizing how serious it was. Of course, maybe they also knew that this had happened before. This yep. had happened in, uh, in the championship uh, playoff final at Wembley. Um, it's a cardiac arrest. 
and it's the second time in six months. And, you know, single most important is this man's health and his family. And, and I think that needs to be respected. I, I'm not a doctor. I am not an expert. I hope that doctors look at this. And if the family has questions about why their dad, husband, son is cleared and then goes on the pitch and it happens again, then I hope the doctors can answer those questions in a way that convinces them. Um, just for their own peace of mind. Most important thing is, is, is this young man's health. Simple yeah. as. Um, but on the football front, Jules, the Premier League will replay this game, the entire game, rather than just the last 25 minutes. Does this make sense to you? It's a good question, Gab. To be fair, I don't really have an. Uh, it's not that I don't. I don't have an opinion. We saw the Athletic Bilbao game the other day. Yeah. We saw Ajax replay seven minutes. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Athletic Club the Bilbao game the other day where Granada was in it, where sadly a, a fan in the stand passed passed away. Uh, the game was stopped after twenty minutes, and they only replayed the remaining seventy and at the time, and not the whole game. Maybe the Premier League has a different rule. I'm not really sure. They do. Sure. They have a specific rule. Have, rule have we seen this before L? or not? I don't remember, but obviously they must have. Um, what's interesting to me is the score was 1-1. What if the score had been 3-0? You know, obviously that's... But you know what was more interesting? Well, I mean, the championship final obviously continued once Lockyer fell to the ground. It was not abandoned like the game right. was abandoned on Saturday. So is the rule, has the rule changed since? Do, do, do they... Well, championship final, I don't think, is governed by Premier League rules, possibly. Maybe. Can I be very, very cynical about this as well? This championship final is on a weekend at Wembley and there's no other free weekends and show must go on. Maybe. I, I'd okay. hate to know that. Yeah, I, I'd hate yeah, to yeah. think that. I no, also, I again, wanting to be a little bit cynical... If you only replay the last 25 minutes, maybe some people aren't going to go, even though it's not that far from Luton to Bournemouth, right? If you replay 90 oh, minutes, then yeah, they go and they, yeah, yeah. they might get a sandwich and concessions. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think this should not be a hard and fast rule because, like I said, if the score was 3-0, what's the law? It's not fair to replay the game, right? Yeah. It's, cool. it's a very good debate, I think. This was way back on Friday night, but Juventus were held 1-1 at Genoa, which means they're now four points back behind the leaders. Gab, they were not happy with the officiating. No, it's funny. It's, it's almost like karmic because I thought Juventus actually played really, really well and could have could have won more. Leaving aside the Did officiating you? mistakes, I, was not sure. I thought they created they, they they created the chances they needed to create. They conceded very little. Um, it's not the club that are complaining about the officiating. It's it's the fans to the point that like you know Malinovsky, who's Ukrainian, his wife is getting abuse and saying like I love Putin and stuff like that, which you know I'm pretty proud of. But you yeah. know these are the sort of people who are on social media, right? These yeah, aren't the people. Yeah, exactly. in the, this isn't real life, right? No, it's not. It's um, like I I, th- I think I think mistakes mistakes happen. I think Genoa could have had some complaints about some incidents as well. So. I would be happier with the performance. So you dropped two points. Big deal. You actually played reasonably well. You didn't think they played well. I thought they were still very minimalist. Once they took the lead in that Kiesa penalty, after the equalizer by Goodmanson, I think they had 0.4 XG. They didn't create. I looked at Cambiasso and Kostic's stats. Cambiasso touched the ball twice in the, in the Genoa box. Kostic, none. None of their cross, none of their crosses found somebody in the... Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm still not... 
there yet with Juve and Allegri. Um, also back on Friday, a big win for Tottenham Hotspur away to Nottingham Forest. Jules, one point uh, away from the top yeah. four. And Dejan Kulusevski oh, and Fuego. So with his mask. Oh, and how about Yves Bissouma getting sent off again? Yeah, fourth red card for Spurs this season, like Liverpool. Two, second one for Bissouma after the one. Uh, well, well, what is this guy's problem? I don't know. So the rhetoric you about are they too aggressive? When you two goes up, you cannot get sent no, off. No, no. I think he's late. He's obviously late. He misjudged the ball and he, he catches Yates. There's no doubt. Okay. For the whole, are they too aggressive? What's the problem? So two of those four red cards obviously came in the same game at home to Chelsea right. where Romero... Okay, had yeah. a brain freeze. Remember on that penalty on Enzo? And then Udogi, two yellows. The second one, especially when they were playing that stupid high line against 10 men. So, okay, I, I'm not, I don't think they're too aggressive. I think, yes, they play on the front foot for sure because they want that high line. They want to be very compact, everything. And for Bisuma, he's still a young player. I think he's going to learn from the dive at Luton that got that second yellow that got him sent off. And then from, from that challenge on Yates, that was really, one, unnecessary and two, clearly just misjudged, mistimed. I some, some love for Kulusevsky. Oh, We're seeing yeah. some next level stuff here. Amazing. Although great assist by Matt Turner, of course, on the second goal. And <laughs> what on earth was that? But yeah, Kulusevsky. Maybe it's the mask. Like for Aussie men, you know, maybe the mask just makes like gives you an extra Wait. dimension or something. Wait, who's the best Arsenal goalkeeper? <laughs> Turner, <laughs> Ryan, Ramsdale. Oh, that's, ah, that's so mean. Milan rolled past Monza 3 0 as Simon Kier makes his return, Gab. I guess they bounce back from there. Champions League disappointment. I'm not sure it was that much of a disappointment because yeah. I knew it was going to be out of their hands, you know. And if you really, really wanted to be mean, you could say, oh, well, but had it not been for that Kylian Mbappe penalty in the 98th minute, um, if that, that doesn't get given, then they're through. And yeah. they're in the round yeah. of 16, right? Got, yeah, but they're uh, given. So not the I, know, I know, I know. Ifs and buts. Uh, they played well. They tried to back three. Nice to see Simon Kier back. Yeah. Obviously, they're shorthanded uh, at the back. Giancarlo Simic, whose dad, Dario of Simic. Of of. Very, very handsome uh, Milan defender in the mid-90s uh, from Croatia, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we got we got to see Okafor score. We got I know. Oh, wow, by Giroud for Okafor, though. So sweet. Oh, it's all about Giroud. Such a big all guy. About. No, but the ball for Pulisic against Newcastle was great. This one was even... The layoff was so, so good for my boy. Like a fine wine. Yeah. Newcastle hosts Fulham. Shaw and Joe Linton have to go off, taking the injury list to about 99. Uh, but they still win 3-0, Jules. And I'm wondering, if their injured guys come back and Newcastle players stop breaking and they no longer have European football, yeah. they won't be as talented... Are we sleeping on them? Can they mount a threat? Of course they can. But I think everybody, nobody is saying that they can't. I think we all know okay. that. It's just... Uh, still Eddie Howe. And uh, uh, you, you really think they're a, they're a legit threat for the, for the title? Oh, no, the title for the top four. Oh, yeah. No, top, top four. four top, yeah. yeah, no, for top four. I don't think they are aiming okay. for the title either. But for the top four, I love Louis, Louis Smiley and his goal. I think at 17, again, we talked a lot about Zaire Emery and other, with Simic other 17-year-olds and I know they're impatient and they by the way with time. all the love in the world for Giancarlo Simic let's not put him in no, the no, same no, category as Louis Smiley and Warren Zerian no, 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 dude the played one game it's not about the category okay. it's about the age and I think when you get to that age Lamine Yamal says hi sorry no but, Lamine, no, but there's plenty <laughs> others I just thought about them because we talked about them I think it's amazing and for him especially a local kid to score like that must have feel really special for him and the whole 
Miley family and all the brothers who also play for the club and all of that in the youth team. So I like great there. I like the fact that the guy looks like a child. He has a child's face, but then he has a big body. You saw him next to, I think it was Bruno Guimaraes. Yeah, yeah he's, he's big. Oh, he's massive. He's and very he's his, voice, he's, his voice is quite loud too. But the face. I know, uh, I know, I know. Gab, you had high hopes for Atletico Madrid. I mean, we both had. But then... Athletic Club de Bilbao wiped the floor with them, like bad. They really did. It's only 2-0, but both Williams boys hit the uh, hit the woodwork. Uh, Sunset missed a penalty. Yeah. Atletico Madrid, they, they tried to play Those games, out. like the Valencia one, where they just don't turn up. I, you know what it is? It's A, Griezmann had a bad day, yeah. so he's not there to save them. And secondly, the theory is that Cholo is trying to play out from the back and... You know, because he wants to, this has to be Atletico 2.0. The problem is, away from home, people will come and press you high in a way that maybe they don't do at home. Because I think they've nah, won every game at home this season. It's so and physical. these guys at the back, they're just not really made to play out from the back. Um, I know. And I think this is something he needs to look at. But I think the path is this. I don't want Atleti to, to go, go back, back to being No, I see Atleti. what you mean. Borussia Dortmund may have topped their Champions League group, but they keep dropping points in the league. It's 1-1 at Augsburg, and they're now five points away from top four. Yeah, Gab, it's just that they're so unpredictable, aren't they? We've said that before. They are capable, I think. They're, at times, collectively, there's some really good, interesting things. And then others, they just you, you look at them and you think that this, they can't be serious. The Schlotterbeck mistake on the goal... And the guy just, just runs him over. But just you think, like, at that level, Stottenberg is a good player. When he was at Freiburg, he was a, one of the best centre-backs in the league. Then he get his big move to Dortmund. All of that, you think, how can you make mistakes like that? And again, Fulkrug, the assist is, is absolutely stunning. And he could have had an even stun, more stunning goal in the end just to be denied by the goalkeeper. But it's just, it's just not good enough. And I just don't know if Terzic is the problem. I don't think so. Is it the players individually? Yeah who are not at the, the, the right level in terms of being demanding with themselves, with their own performances. But there's clearly something just not I, right. I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think Tertzic is, is the issue because if so many players let you down in individual errors, Man, you obviously sure. don't have I them know, performing I know what at you their mean. best. And, you know, he switched it around this time, played just Emerson on his own in, in midfield, tried to do the 4-1-4-1 or whatever you want to call it. But again, you have those same you have those same issues. No, and, I know. But and also, full Krug, full Krug is unique. I mean, I don't know how many other players around are like that. So now you need to, and I know this isn't Turchish's fault, but he must have signed off on the signing. If you get full Krug, you need to create a full Krug system around him. Yes. Yeah, but he he got the assist. He almost scored that yeah, I know, amazing goal at the end. I don't know that the other player. I don't know that he's been able to do that yet. Right. Yeah, I think they're doing more and more. And, and I still feel that it's defensively more than anything else where they have an issue, really. Vazkelia and Ozyman shine and Napoli beat Cagliari 2-1. They're one point outside the top four now. Gab, are you ready to jump on the Walter Mazzari's wagon, Ben Wagon? Uh, what, the master of disaster? No, I am not. Oh. I'm not because, look, they won this game because Kvaratskhelia and especially Osimhen and go and check out his assist for Kvaratskhelia's goal because that was just just a moment, yeah, a moment of sublime skill. He's not just strong and fast and smart. He also has a ton of technical ab- uh, ability as well. These are individual moments. Now they did enough to be Kaliri. Kaliri are not good. You know what you're going to get, but 
it still feels like it's more defend and then let the individual shine rather than yeah, yeah. The, the collective highs that they were at last season. Not every manager named Alonso is doing well, Jules. Diego Alonso is out after Sevilla's 3-0 home defeat to Getafe and Javier Bordalas. And Kiki Sanchez-Flores is apparently on his way in. He's on his way in. I mean, for Diego Alonso, we said, didn't we, when he was appointed at Juan Gamble, he was the guy that never obviously coached in, in Europe before his stint with Uruguay wasn't good. So we kind of saw it coming. Eight games in the league. No win. He won two Copa del Rey run against lower side in the Champions League obviously was not good one of the worst uh, has to be one of the worst managers in in Liga history really Cohen like why, why, why don't we just burn him at the stake now yes it's not, not a good anything. record eight games right. zero win this has to be the worst really and <laughs> he's the poor man I know and he got injuries I don't think it was just on him but but they had to do something. They came in Dachet Tafik. They gave away two penalties. They were oh, they were dreadful. What do you make of Kike coming in? Because I always it's a stopgap, right? It's just until the end of the season, just to make sure they stay up. All they care about now is staying up. And Almeria are down already. They would be down. I mean, they're terrible. They would be. They would. They would be okay. I just wonder because I always wonder. Kike Sanchez Flores is a guy who. He's obviously he's an educated person. Yeah. People who don't know Big his football family, of course. His his aunt was also famous was your flamenco since yeah, Lola Flores and dancer, yeah. He strikes me a guy who's like, all right, I was a great footballer. I went, I coached, I had some success at coaching, yeah. and then the success kind of stopped in the sense that I didn't continue my vertical rise. I've got other interests in life. Yeah. I just wonder, like... He's got plenty of money. Yeah, no, I see what you How mean. motivated is he? Or is he going to just say, like, all right, I'm going to do this challenge till the summer, and then I'm out of here. I'm going to go back and surround myself with my books and my flamenco and whatever yeah, else maybe. it is that I did. Maybe. Right. Just warning. Yeah. Bologna and Marbo Thiago Mota are flying out. They beat Roma 2-0 and moving to the Champions League places. Now, without Dybala and Lukaku, Roma aren't quite the same, are they? No, you'd almost think that if you put all the eggs in the baskets of two players, one of whom obviously had a nightmare summer, the other one gets injured all the time and then they're not there and you haven't been able to give your team a rational way of playing, well, then you're going to struggle. But look, I don't want to take anything away from Bologna because Bologna are really, really good. Louis Ferguson, captain. How about that, right? Um, There's so many individuals uh, and the the job that Diego Tagomota is is doing and they believe in each other, no name, smart scouting. I mean, no names, they say. We talked about Xerxes before. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be no limit to this man. Yeah. Um, So very well done for them. For Roma, this isn't good. If Atalanta win um, and they they kick off in a few hours, uh, Roma are going to be down to seventh in the table. Mm. It's really tight, though. It is extremely tight, but what I'm saying is that can work for you yeah, or it can yeah, work yeah, against true, you. True. So, obviously, he still has the Europa League. Um, he came out, actually, because there's the age-old issue of his contract. I think this was the most definitive sign yet where he said, oh, look, about going forward, he says, if I'm not here next season, it won't be because I don't want to be here. Yeah. Which is kind of like, you know, yeah, putting, you know, putting everything in the freaking court. Jules, speaking of Mourinho, he made headlines again. He sent on former Paris Saint-Germain star. Sorry, I didn't mean uh, I can say yeah, former Bayern okay. star, former yeah. Swansea star. Uh, Renato Sanchez at halftime 
and then he took him off after 18 minutes. He apologized to Renato Sanchez after the game for because he said, "Look, I know it's humiliating, but I had no choice." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, the poor kid. You see his face when he sees his number going up, and you're like, "What? Really? Did you did you not make a mistake there?" Mourinho said that three or four times before in his career. He had to do it. Others, other did it. I remember Jardim doing it with Martial at Monaco after 20 minutes. He came on at halftime where Roma were one 0 down. Very early in the second half, they go 2 0 down, and then Mourinho says that he wanted the more attacking players in, in Eduardo Bove than Renato Sanchez. So it was really the only one. Was it really the only one you could you could have taken off? I'm not so sure. Or do you want to give maybe people the easiest one to take off? Or maybe you want to do something insane so that then you can give people more stuff. People will be talking about this and not talking about Roma's performance. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well. But maybe I'll tell you what, well. with Renato yeah, it's, Sanchez, it's like, not a good look though. Like. 227 minutes to play this season, something like that. I mean, I I'm, I don't understand. At some point, do people not see Renato Sanchez? The guy who looks after Renato Sanchez, yeah. his agent, is also yeah. the same guy who looks after Jose Mourinho. That's, that's also why the same dead. guy who looks after Sergio Oliveira and like the other waste of space that, that 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 they signed last season. I mean, what this is what this is what would really really annoy me. That you accept, oh, Renato Sanchez, I don't even know, where, where, where was he last season? PSG. Oh, yeah, having a tremendous season at Paris Saint-Germain, right? right? Yeah. Oh, look, he needs a new home because he's never going to play for Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, Jose, you take him at Roma. Like, we, Roma should not be a rehab camp for I mean, Paris PSG Saint-Germain rejects. Luis Campos took him for the same reason. But that's what I mean, Roma it's all the same people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, what? I, I know. Can, can nobody see through this? I know, I know, I know. There were more protests in the Bundesliga Gab and there likely will be more after the two the top two tiers voted to sell eight percent of their TV and marketing rights for up to twenty years to a private equity group or few groups, Gab. What does this mean? And can you explain it a bit more? Because maybe my question was a bit all over the place. Yeah, so basically these are the, the I guess it's the professional Bundesliga, which is so it's the top flight and the second flight. Yeah. Thirty-six teams in total. They needed to. They needed a two-thirds vote, and this, after being rejected before, it just passed twenty-four of thirty-six, voting in favor, basically authorizing the league to sell eight uh, percent of their television and marketing rights. So they're, they're mostly really their TV yeah, income. TV, yeah. yeah. So La Liga and Liga both have done something similar. Exactly. Um, for a period of up to, to 20 years in exchange, obviously, for cash. So the idea is somebody comes along and says, like, all right, here, Bundesliga 1 und 2, uh, you can have a billion, and then I'll take 8% for the next 20 years. Uh, it's a model that you use when you, need, you want cash injection straight yeah. away. They're apparently going to use some of it to go and, and expand the Bundesliga's marketing internationally. Uh, a lot of times you might use this to refurbish stadiums. I don't think the Bundesliga really need that. Nope. Obviously, the Bundesliga cut from a different cloth than other leagues. There's still a lot of fan base, a lot of fan bases who say like, "Look, we don't want to just be a commercial entity," and so they're very much against it. Um, but I guess clubs feel like they could use the cash. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it actually happens, we're going to have to look at the terms of the deal, how much of it can be spent on players, how much of it on infrastructure and stuff that, that's going to help the league grow. But and there's how a you lot share of the money as well. Like, do the bigger clubs get more money than the smaller clubs? You share equal with everyone. In, in, in Spain, not everybody obviously signed for it. In France, the biggest club get more money. So it's, 
Biggest clubs or biggest club? Biggest club, but the <laughs> biggest just... one gets the most money. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it's not easy, I think. Stonewise does it again. Oh, Leon went away to Monaco 1-0 with a late Jeffinho goal. Jules, has John Texter found the answer he was looking for? They're almost out of the relegation zone. They are, Gab, I think. I think they're... They're in the playoff spot, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. In third from bottom now with that win. Back-to-back wins, by the way. Uh, although this one is a smash and grab. Proper. Oh, you think so? Well, I think it was your only shot on target, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And he came in the 87th minute or 85th minute. Ashley Maitland-Niles. Arsenal fans remember him, of course, who is not, if you had forgotten, a Lyon. Not that he... You know, not that he played that great until then, but great one-two with Cadewere, the substitution from Stonewise or Pierre Sage, the interim coach at Lyon, worked perfect. And they got that win. I still don't know how, really, but they got it. So well done to them. One more game before the winter break and then see where they are. And I think, you know what, they might give him the job Stonewise until the end of the season. I'm assuming he's cheaper than whatever other mold yeah, exactly. Texter is going to bring and in. And right? for all the misery that John Texter has had since taking over the club, obviously, at least that one night on Friday would have brought a bit of happiness <laughs> and joy before Christmas, you know? <laughs> Rebecca Welch will become the first woman ever to referee a Premier League game when she takes charge of Fulham against Burnley later this month. Gav, this is a big deal, right? I mean, it is in the sense that uh, obviously we've already had women referees in Germany and Italy and France. Um, So somebody's coming through. I think it's going to be a big deal when we don't point out that Rebecca Welch is a woman Um, because it'll be normal and we'll just have the best possible referees out there. Um, I don't, I mean, is is this a first? Sure. But Hopefully this will be, be normalized. Exactly. I don't particularly care. I just want good referees. And given the way officiating's gone in the Premier League yeah. the last two years. And we need Rebecca. Uh, they need Rebecca if she's good. If Rebecca she, will just good. be... Otherwise, she would not be there. Well, oh, no. That, that's such a stupid thing to say, Jules. You can't say she's good, otherwise she wouldn't be there. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad referees we've seen in the Premier League the last two or three years, we didn't say, oh, they have to be good, otherwise they wouldn't be there. But you would expect that if she's chosen to referee a Premier League match, it's because they think she's good enough. I would have expected the same of John Moss <laughs> and the other guy with a round head no, I know. and whatever and all these other people too. But maybe even more But that's not the case. case. I don't know. I'm glad that this is not an issue. I'm glad they've expanded the pool and hopefully yeah. more people will be given a chance. Hopefully she will be good enough. Hopefully. I would hope that we're all mature enough not to, to make a big deal out of her gender if she does make a mistake. But, sure. you know, I, the, the issue is broader. The more inclusive you can be, the more people you can have, the more chance you will have some good referees. Like I said... Howard Webb, and I am Team Webb on this. I know yeah. that there have been so many mistakes this season. He's working on it, and this is part of it. Jules, I'm going to keep this uh, going as long as he oh, keeps winning. And believe me, it's not easy. Him. What? Oh, you we destroyed him for him. somebody. Oh, no, no. Oh, I? We did. Peter Bosch's PSV Eindhoven. They have now make it 16 wins out of 16 in the Eredivisie. In fact, if you count the Champions League, there's only one team that beat them. That was Arsenal. Yeah. It was 4 0. Yeah. But that's the only game they've lost all season. Yeah. yeah. They've won every game in the every league. Game. They're scoring for fun. They're great. They're great. But we never said that. He w- we just said that at times he was a big kamikaze, which he still is now. I mean, the 4 0 defeat against Arsenal was in the opening, the first game of the group stage of the Champions League. So maybe they were just a bit too. 
naive, a little bit, maybe too excited. Hey, it's the Champions League Arsenal. Well, let's let's do what we usually do. But no, it didn't work. Sorry, but he's doing it with all our favorites. Bad de Jong, bad Serginho Dest. Bad Serginho Dest. I mean, other than, than okay, Bakayoko is obviously a player. No, but Bakayoko. Other than that. Yeah. Who gets you excited in this PSV team? No. I'm saying is he's not loaded with talent. Is that fair enough? He's getting the best. Feyenoord are a more talented team than, than, than this one. And yet this is a better team. They're like 10 points clear. Would you agree? Is good. No, they've got Saibari is good. No, they've got really good players. They have really good players. Better than Feyenoord? Ricardo Pepe is doing great. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, Ricardo Pepe. There you go. No, you no, no. I'm just saying he's doing well. But that's the, you, what you're right is that I think Peter Bosch is getting the best out of those players. Exactly. For sure. Like Arne Slot got the best out of his Feyenoord guys for the last three years, despite all the departures and all the arrivals. So I'm all for it. I'm just not sure how much it tells you about the Eredivisie, though, and the level in that league. That's all I'm saying. All right. They finished second in Arsenal's group. No, no, they finished ahead of Lons and our friend did, Joseph yeah. and, Sevi- and perpetual Europa League winner Sevilla. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. FIFA confirmed this weekend the procedure for European teams to qualify for the new expanded Club World Cup gap to be played in the summer 2025. So between June 13th and July 15th or something like that, 2025, in the U.S., does it make sense to you? And do you like this new Club World Cup that was clearly assumed was approved by votes from every FIFA country? There was a vote, there was a big discussion, there was a bit... Yeah, I'm only a, kidding. It was voted on by the FIFA Council. Okay. So no, maybe it wasn't even the FIFA Council, maybe even the FIFA Bureau, which is just the heads of the, the confederations. Yeah. Okay. Um, like there's 12 European teams. The, the debate here was about how do we decide who qualifies? They've laid down the ground line. You can't have more than two per country yeah. unless you have three because somebody from that country has won the Champions League in the four-year period, right? Yeah. So Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Manchester City are the last three Champions League winners. If Arsenal win the Champions League this year, yeah. then they will become... Then, then the Premier League will have three teams. Otherwise, it'll be whoever wins the Champions League this year. Um... The, then, it's, then they go by coefficient, and based on the coefficient, the highest-ranked teams outside this are Bayern, and without obviously doubling up, without having, in other words, more English teams, Bayern, Paris Saint-Germain, Inter, Porto, Benfica. And then there's going to be the three next highest at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, you have to have some sort of access list. You know, people, people say, oh, it's just about money. If it was, it's a lot about money. If it was purely about money, you wouldn't have these limits per country and you would be chucking in Liverpool and Manchester United. Yeah, we, we agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it shakes out. I hope that this money is accounted for. Um, I hope that this money goes to good use. And as ever, when I've got loads of questions, but we can wait until the summer 2025 for me to ask you. Because, for example, if he starts on June 14th, who's going to play on June 14th when the league finishes at the end of May? What players have? They don't have holidays. They have to come back. I would assume that the well, it depends on the Champions League final. I would assume the Champions League final. Well, it's it's an odd number of years, so I presume. But you see what I mean? Like, players still need a rest in the summer. They usually have the whole of June off, and then the beginning of July, they start their preseason for starting the league. Yeah, no, look, the end of August. Player so associations have talked about this. Um, Are they will need... friendly then, this Club World Cup? And Club just going to treat them as those friendly that we see in the US? No, in the they're summer? not, because there's going to be a lot of money at stake in this. Okay, so they're going to take this seriously. But the players are never going to be ready between 14th of June and July 15th. Impossible. Well, I think what they're going to say, 
um, is that, okay, yeah, so you have three weeks or two weeks, whatever it is. You take a week off, and then you come back, and you start training again. This is not like a World Cup where you're bringing in 23 guys from, from 15 different teams. It's the same team, right? What do you do then between July 15th, where mm -hmm. you play more friendlies, when you finish the tournament? This is just, I think, no, I you think don't. this messes is the up thing. your whole planning and programming just, if you're a club. Just, this is the thing, right? I mean, like, when we, when we cut through the BS, right? All these summer friendlies and summer tours that the clubs love to go on because it makes them money, this is effectively going to replace them. Yeah, but never that. so early. If you, you, my no, point is on. not so much that. It's that uh, how early it is. 14th of June to July 15th doesn't cut it. Because usually those friends that we mentioned right. in the US, in right. South no, Asia, no, anywhere, it's are in later in July. Okay, no, no, but, but, what you, but I think what you need to get around is when are the players going to take their holidays? The yeah. players are going to take their holidays after this tournament. They're not going to take their holidays before the tournament. If they made this a preseason tournament, people would treat it the way they treat those preseason tours in the US but, and Asia yeah, as a big but joke, I'm right? I'm not sure that works. So taking the way to think about this. After that. Sorry? I'm not sure it works. So July 15th, the final is Chelsea against Manchester City. You see, and the, and the league... Are <laughs> really that bullish on Chelsea? No, but the, the, league, the league starts August, let's say, 5th or whatever. Maybe the league starts August 12th. Okay, August okay. 12th. So what, you give two weeks to the Chelsea and City players, two weeks of holidays right. after July 15th, they come back on, on August 1st and then they've got another game. Ten, it's just, I think it's just mad. I, just I, think, so. I think the whole... Yeah, but it would be the same thing. If you had a World Cup, how much time would they get off? This is the point that they're making, right? If you had a World Cup and you reached the final... I guess so. I guess no, so. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, no, I guess you're right. In normal World Cups, right, when we don't have yeah, this nonsense yeah, no, you're in, right. in Qatar. Similar times. Yeah, yeah, it is, it's true. a similar time frame. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying. They're saying yeah, it's every maybe. four years, don't break balls. I think there is a legit player welfare discussion to be had around this. Yeah, and no, FIFA, but okay. Our I get your Malango point. spoke about this, but... Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. I, clubs can't have it both ways. Players that's can't true. have it both ways. That's true, that's true. Donny van der Beek. No, this is my question, no Jules. Question. I'm the Donny van der Beek correspondent here. Donny van der Beek has reached an agreement to join Eintracht Frankfurt on loan until the end of the oh, season. I love him. I'm not sure about you, but I'm happy for him. I'm so happy for him. I mean, not, I can't even see him when I go to a United game because he's not even in the squad anymore. He was on the bench. Well, yeah. At Anfield. Very, okay, that one. Because I looked for him really, on my television. Although, right, yeah, so, nobody else. He was listed. I looked on my television trying to have my daughter. I couldn't see him either. I couldn't see him. So I don't know if it's true or if they just felt bad for him or I don't know. But I used to see him warming up a lot. That's what he used to do, warm up. He used to run on the line. He was very good at it. I can tell you that. One of the best subs warm up I've ever seen in my life. But he would never play. And he was such a good player. I don't know. It was a nightmare move for him. I don't understand why he hasn't moved away from there earlier. Maybe Sorry. when he was a really good player. Because back then, when, when Ajax had that tremendous run, remember it was him and Frankie de Jong in midfield. Yeah. I, was one, I was team Van de Beek. I thought, oh, I think Van de Beek is better than Frankie de Jong. Shows you what I know, right? Maybe back then, he had a manager who really knew him and really understood him and could yeah. get the best out of him. Yeah. Whereas now, he has the same guy. No. <laughs> I, I hope it's not injuries. I hope he gets a fresh start. I know, me too. Liverpool said that they are working with police to identify and ban a person who threw a bottle that hit the Manchester United bus on Sunday as he was making his way to Anfield to play the game against Liverpool. What do you make of it? Sure. I, I, it's good to Liverpool. Once this guy gets identified, they ban him for life. Well done, Liverpool. You're taking ownership. But isn't this, this is a law enforcement issue. So... 
after we finish here, we're taping this in Hammersmith in West London, right? Yeah. If I go, if I go downstairs to the liquor store and I get a bottle of Jack Daniels, right, and I throw it against a, a bus as it's going by, what do you think is going to happen to me? Do you think I might get criminally prosecuted by the ten bazillion cameras that would that, that, that I would be on, that, would, that would film me and identify yeah. me because I live in a police state? But don't they have to report the guy maybe to the police first, and then the police do their job? Why do know. Liverpool need no? How about how about no? That, 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 look, the Manchester bus has a police escort, right? Yeah. There's people all around. There's CCTV all around. I, I look, Liverpool Football Club are doing everything they can, but this is a police issue. This person who throws a bottle, and by the way, we saw just yeah. this season with Fabio Grosso, what can happen yeah. when you start throwing exactly. things at buses. I mean, I'm not saying this person definitely will go to jail, should go to jail. I would send him to jail at least for a little while. I would plaster his name everywhere so his employer knows about him and he's shamed. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, maybe I'm too harsh. But yeah, Liverpool can do their part, but let's not put the blame and the responsibility on Liverpool. Let's remember, this yeah. is a law enforcement issue. I know. Manchester United have a right to expect to be able to ride in a bus to their workplace yeah. safely. Yeah, and the sure. police are there to guarantee their safety. Yeah. My old friend Michael Emanalo, who is now the sporting director of the Saudi Pro League, says that if Kylian Mbappe <laughs> wants to come, oh, there will be a team that makes space so for him. That's generous, right? So kind of him. Is it because it's Christmas, so he feels like very generous? Because Kylian was really uh, worried. Kylian was really worried that nobody in Saudi Arabia would welcome him. He was like... Especially now that Robbie Fowler has been sacked from his second yeah. division side, because Robbie so would have probably taken him. He was him. like, what have I done to Al Ittifak, to Al Nasser... To Al-Itihad, to those clubs, like, would really nobody, would, don't worry, Kylian, if you really want to go to Saudi Arabia, some, but we will find somewhere with a bit of money, someone with a bit of money somewhere to welcome you. Wait, because need, he, he needs money too, well, he's not just going know, for the experience? We'll find you somewhere in Jeddah, like a lovely okay. little house with a bit of garden and then maybe a swimming pool if you're lucky. You know, right. It's really kind, it's really kind, but Kylian Mbappé is not going to go to Saudi Arabia, certainly not now, Michael, so sorry about that. The Club World Cup kicks off, uh, semi-finals kicks off in a few hours, Gab. Fluminense against Al-Halid today in the first semi-final and then Manchester City against Urawa Reds Diamonds from Japan tomorrow. Are we sure this is going to be a Fluminense City, South America, Europe final? It's not something that's been a given in in recent years, by the way. So obviously on paper, then City should be Urawa Reds tomorrow. Um, Although I don't know if their league form is going to extend and they're going to make life difficult for themselves. Travel and everything. Yeah, whereas, of course, Urawa Reds, you know, Japan to... I don't yeah, think Japan to Saudi They've been there 10 much. days. Yes, they I mean. have been there longer. Yes, true, true. Fluminense, I will watch this game today because, obviously, Fluminense is doing so well with, with the Copa Libertadores. Yeah. But also, you know who plays for al I had no idea. He just joined. Anthony yeah. Modest. He did. He got sent off in the quarterfinals. So, you can watch this from the stands. But he'll be back for the final, right? <laughs> is he... Is he Paris born and bred? Uh, that's a good question. I think he might be. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't yeah. know they're all Paris born and bred. You know the celebrations. What's the celebration? You know. No, whatever. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, there's not many European players who sign on to play no, for African true. clubs. Yeah. You know? Simple as. Uh, Jules, this uh, brings us to an end. Yeah. But, you know, we got to come back on Thursday. Some because we got midweek football in the Bundesliga. Yeah. We have the League Cup. Yeah. We might even get to see Christopher and Kunku play Maybe. and not just warm and up. La Liga as well, so. And La Liga too. Yeah. How about that? Uh, until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. <laughs> <laughs>